Hi everybody, John Bishop here, John Bishop Fine Art, starting my brand new podcast. This is the first episode, Conversations for Freelance Creatives. What I'm hoping to do here is to create some sort of conversation between creatives from various traditions, whether it be art, fine art, painting, sculpting, uh, to musicians, to uh, graphic designers, to interior designers, to makeup artists, to, to architects, all forms of creative endeavors. Because I just don't think that we, there are many ways for us to talk to one another. And uh, I have noticed over the time, I've tried various times to start a blog and a vlog, and I've uh, <clears throat> done all those things, and I've even started a meetup group. And what I notice is that Creatives tend to clump together, and that certainly makes a lot of sense in that artists want to talk to other artists and photographers get tips from other photographers. There's not a lot that I'm going to learn from a makeup artist, but as a photographer, I need makeup artists, and uh, there might be quite a bit that I could learn that I'm not aware of. So creating some sort of environment where all those folks can talk to one another would be the goal. Of, of this particular podcast. But this is my absolute worst podcast because I've heard many people say in their own in their own productions that when they look back at their very first episode, they're horrified at the uh, the content and the audio and everything about it. So I guess this is absolutely my worst podcast. So congratulations. You're able to to be here for the absolute crap that I'm going to produce. And it will only get better from here on out. So I'll be here every week for 30 minutes. Uh, I'm doing a quite an ambitious new uh, media campaign. But the podcast will be every week for 30 minutes. And we're going to discuss art, creative careers, uh, what we're doing in our own creative business, uh, who we've met, and, and the things that we've learned along the way. And hopefully, as a community develops, you'll be able to share those sorts of things with me and the rest of us here in this, in this uh, podcast community. So I'm looking forward to it, uh, though I'm a little frightened, I've got to say. I, I was looking back over my life and, and as an artist, uh, because it has been tentative. Uh, I, I remember in the fourth grade, this is a strange memory for me. I was in the fourth grade and we were asked by our teacher to take out a piece of paper and she was going to play a piece of music. And she wanted us to write down, uh, draw what we heard. She started the music. It was a classical piece. And I'm in fourth grade and an absolute nut for the show Dark Shadows. And if any of you are old enough to remember that, I, I, I know you'll appreciate it. But it was basically a, a daily soap opera with vampires and monsters and witches and werewolves, you know, as you do. And so I was absolutely obsessed with this whole idea of, of, of dark shadows. So she started this piece of music and it was dark. It was somber. It was, it, it was uh, bass cellos and things like that, really kind of dark sounds. And so I started to draw what was going by the end of the assignment was to look like a, a comic book. My first cell 
was of the vampire, you know, coming out of his his casket. And uh, as the as the music developed, I was getting totally into this because as the music then went into uh, a softer, more melodic uh, tune, I could envision a a young girl, and then it would get a little more somber, and that was the vampire pursuing her, and then the music became wild, and, and that was the big chase scene, and then it got quiet again with her being attacked by the vampire. And I was into it, and it was just making so much sense because the music was feeding the drawings and, and, and telling the story. I thought it was fantastic. Well, come to find out what I was actually supposed to be doing was I was supposed to be drawing the instruments that I heard. So if I heard a cello, I'd draw a cello. If I heard a trumpet, I'd draw a trumpet. That's not exactly what I did. Uh, and in so doing, the teacher then called my mother in and you know, thought I was insane. Uh, and when, when confronted and asked what was going on, I explained. My mother was smart enough to know that this was a good thing I was doing, not a bad thing, even though I, I, uh, the teacher probably didn't see, in fact, I know the teacher didn't see it that way. But my mother didn't punish me for doing this creative thing, but she stopped it. And, and, and it became clear to me that what I had done was wrong and that I shouldn't do that again. I should follow instructions and, and not go out like that on my own. And of course, that had quite a lasting effect on me. Well, when I got to college, uh, I, I, by that time, I realized that art had to be a part of my life it, it, in some form. So I was taking creative writing courses uh, and uh, at the University of St. Thomas here in Houston, and I was doing them both in English and in Spanish. So I was writing a lot in Spanish, doing a lot of poetry, doing a lot of painting at home, doing some sculpting with clay, and, and really realized that I had to incorporate some sort of art into my everyday life. And part of that, uh, when I went, after I graduated, went to University of Houston, uh, I had a, several uh, creative writing classes in their, in their creati- creative writing program. And I had one with, uh, with the writer Ntozaki Shange, which uh, you'll all know from, from Broadway and other novels that she's in poetry she's written. Uh, it was a great, great experience. But one of our, our assignments, uh, I guess our final assignment, was to create some sort of booklet and some sort of performance piece. And so all of the artists, because I had an apartment near the university, all of the kids in the class uh, would meet at my house and we would produce this, this book uh, called Laughing Coffins. I still have a copy. And I ran into these, these various people who were in my class who I wasn't close to, but who were artists of various traditions. Some were quite, quite scandalous. I remember one guy uh, was making a, uh, a collage with pubic hair uh, which was just disgusting, and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But there was this this joining of forces between various kinds of artistic traditions and various types of artists, and it was absolutely electric. We created and created and created. I was on fire. I felt as as excited about 
art and what I was doing as I did back in the fourth grade when I was, when I was uh, going out on my own on an assignment. So I think that there's something magical that happens when artists get together. And that's one of the things I really wanted from this podcast and vlog and blog. I really want to create an environment where particularly those folks who are more remote can get together and, and build off of the energy that one another will provide. And just whenever you get artists and creative people together, wonderful things are going to happen. And that has been shown to me time and time, and you can see it in history as well. I worked pretty much by the time I got out of college, I was told by my parents again and, and, and community in general that you couldn't make a living as an artist. So I got a teaching credential and I, I started teaching and I did art on the side. I then took that teaching degree and I turned it into a library science degree and ended up going to New Mexico and then to Southern California doing uh, public library work. Loved it. Absolute fit for me. And my, my art kind of had to take a sideline because I was so busy. At some point, I became aware of international schools and I became a librarian in Romania. Uh, met my husband there and uh, was able to spend the next, what, 15, 16 years of my life traveling the world uh, doing art, uh, well, doing my, my library work and art when I could. And it wasn't until we finished a contract in Russia in 2015, mom and dad started to need, were, were really needing help as they were getting older. And we made, we made a decision. We said, okay, we would love to do the art thing full time. There's not going to be the right time to do this. This is a good time. Financially, we had some money saved. We were in the, in the process of finishing one job and didn't have another one lined up. So we said, let's do it. Let's just move back to the States. We moved right across from mom and dad. And we started a, cre a creative business, a uh, freelance photography and video production company that's running still today called Bubarusa Productions. We absolutely had a ball. We were loving what we were doing. Uh, we were trying to, to establish ourselves in the community around Houston. We live just north of Houston. And what we were finding is we'd go to various networking events, BNI, uh, Chamber of Commerce events, and things like that, is there were these great opportunities for business people to get together. But the creative folks, we didn't, we didn't really fit. Uh, and we would go to these big events and, and the real estate agents and the, the landscape uh, professionals and the brokers and the bankers were all getting together and, and meeting with the accountants and, and the lawyers. And they, they all had business referrals for one another. But very few people really needed art. And so at the back of the room would be us and, you know, the, the actor and, you know, maybe the, the makeup artist. Uh, these folks would just kind of not get the referrals that the others were getting. So we decided to try our own. 
We started up a media, uh, our own meetup group uh, called Redbug Creatives Network. And we started meeting. We met for just over a year. And it was just darn difficult. To, it was hard to get everybody together. And we were getting people from various backgrounds, but they wouldn't stick around. And part of that might have been the meetup format. But uh, as much as I would like the, the poet to sit with the, with the sculptor, they just didn't. It just wasn't working that way. So I thought I'd try it in a different format. But we loved, we absolutely loved the meetup group. And like I say, we went for about a month, uh, about a year. And then when we moved studios, it became difficult for people to get in. And it just kind of petered out. And, and I, I'm sorry for that. Well, now I'm trying finally. I, I've kept up my blog. I've done some vlog uh, vlogs over the last few years. And now I'm ready to say, okay, with this pandemic, I have found that a lot of artists say that they've actually made more money during the pandemic than they did before. I find that amazing. Uh, we have not. Uh, our business took a big hit uh, when about a year ago. And we found that the people who were selling more on, uh, online because all the other venues and all the shows and all the galleries kind of closed up, that the people who were selling online were the people who had already developed an online presence, an online community, and had some sort of technique already established for how people could buy art over the, over the internet from them. And we really didn't have all of that. We were so busy trying to build a studio business, a physical studio business in Houston, that we hadn't spent as much time building that internet infrastructure. So that's what we're doing now. A little bit late, we missed a lot of sales, but we're trying now to say, let's reach out, let's see who's out there listening, let's see who wants to have a conversation, and let's all kind of raise the tide together that lifts all boats, and, and see if, in fact, this kind of format, doing a podcast, catching people who are maybe living remotely across the planet, maybe catch those who just have time in their studio work, in their studio practice, to sit and listen where they may not have time to sit and watch, and start some conversations. And the first conversation we're having this month, or this week, is around the new year and writing goals and objectives. And I have a sketchy past with this, though I've done it for years. All of these libraries and city governments that I work for, we were all big on writing goals and objectives. And I think they're hugely important. But when I started this small business, it was just my husband and I, and, and, and Bogdan is from Romania and the idea of us getting together and doing strategic planning and writing goals was kind of foreign to him. He doesn't really see the point of it. And I got to say, though, I remember the first year, I think we wrote up a bunch of goals and we didn't look at them until the second year. And when we actually looked at them the second year, we, have, we had achieved zero because we hadn't paid attention to them all year long. But I do think there's a huge importance to that kind of strategic planning. If you can take, even if you're a small one-person creative business, if you can spend some time strategizing about 
long-term goals, let's say, 20 years from now. Uh, where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And then every year creating goals and objectives that get you to that long-term goal. Now, those short-term goals are going to be quite different. And those are the ones that we work on every year. We have our, our, our annual goal and objective retreat where Bogdan and I go off someplace and hunker down and create, uh, look at this last year and our budget and our goals and then plan for the new year. And we're going to be doing that next week, so I'll catch you up on that in the future. But to be able to do that, even for a small business, is hugely important because you have some sort of guideposts. If we'd have had this better organized when we hit the pandemic. Now, we would not have planned for the pandemic. In fact, we did not plan for the pandemic. We didn't know that was coming. But once it started to hit, we really should have gone back and redone our goals. Uh, though it was so hard to understand how long this was going to affect us. But that would have made a big difference. But we are where we are. And we're going to start from where we are now and we're going to plan for this year. And some of the big plans we have for this year are going to involve reaching out, getting out of our comfort zone, and trying to build that community of supporters, that community of art collectors. We need to get out there and, and make our presence known outside of our studio practice. So that's our big goal for this year. I would love it if you guys would come along, subscribe, like, uh, spread the word about the, the new podcast. And I apologize if it's awful. It's meant to be awful. It's my first one. Uh, we're also doing a giveaway this month. So if you'd like to have a copy of my a template of my spreadsheet that I use to do all of my planning, all of my budgeting, all of my project management, all of my expenses, all of my income. I have a template that I've been using for years. It's an Excel spreadsheet. If you'd be interested in seeing that, I'll send you a free copy. Just send me your email, name and email, and I'll send you a copy back by email. It's my little gift for you, so hopefully it'll be of use. Tweak it, use it as you please. But I'd like to thank you again for listening today, and if you would bear with me, we'll see you again next week, and have a wonderful new year. And I'll talk to you again very soon. Bye now.